Hello and welcome to another episode of Who Knew in the Moment. Today, I'm honored to have Lauren Von Rapool on, and she has a fascinating story. She's going to talk about how she got into celebrity um, cooking and training uh, with in regards to the food realm, but also her overall mission. So thanks so much for tuning in. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Who Knew in the Moment, the podcast. Today, I am honored to have Lauren Vonderpool with me and her nickname, the Queen of Green. And uh, she has an absolutely fascinating story. I'm excited to share that with you. Um, a few things that stood out to me were really how she got there. Uh, in her younger years, you're going to hear about tough times, but how that leads to making her uh, really take things not for granted, but really enjoy them and embrace uh, change. And additionally, uh, two things that were unique to me. One is she's an amazing singer. And as you'll hear, some of her uh, connections uh, are going to be in that realm. But then additionally, that if she goes out to eat, she's going to say, hold the salt. I got my own pink Himalayan salt with me. I can take care of myself. So Lauren, thanks so much for being on today. Oh my God. It is absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, as a <laughs> recap for anyone um, who knew in the moment, the whole premise is as we're living our life, it, there's oftentimes these moments where we're not entirely sure the magnitude or the direction that they're going to send us on, but only in hindsight, can we go back and say that was a pivotal moment. And so Lauren, to kick it off for you growing up in DC, um, I won't say it. You can say the name of it. I'll call it the young thug ladies, but you, you grew <laughs> up in, <laughs> you, you grew up in a, uh, in a tough background. We'll just say it that way. Yeah, absolutely. That's so funny. I, um, actually was just speaking about <laughs> a little bit about my story yesterday. Um, and I let everyone know, I was like, well, I used to be in this crew called the young thug bitches and nobody, they, first of all, everyone cracked up laughing probably <laughs> because of the way I said it. And, yeah. um, I feel like I've evolved so, so hard that you can't even see the remnants of the young thug bitches on me. <laughs> So it's like, it's so, it's just hilarious. Um, but yes, absolutely. I grew up in Washington, D.C. when it was the murder capital, um, living in a food desert, which is the place that doesn't have access to real food. Basically, um, we, we know grocery stores in the area, just corner stores, liquor stores, carryouts and things like that. So um, navigating through that, um, really, really was, for me, I, I like to look at it as a genius environment for me to come up in, right? Only because it really, it forced me to see my virtues. It forced me to see how courageous um, that I am and how smart I am to navigate through that and um, how beautiful my heart is mm -hmm. to not only um want to get myself out of it, but also to want to help others to get out of it as well. So um, for me, you know, I, I'm so grateful for how I grew up and in every single part of my journey, because it has definitely um, birthed what you see today. And I'm very proud of myself. So um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, at a young age, in our teenage years, uh, we get the chance to read this book called Heal Thyself, and this sends you into a kind of a new world of food, and you mentioned, hey, I'm getting, being raised in a food desert, and I read this book, Heal Thyself. Talk a little bit about what that opened your eyes to. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, so how this kind of happened was... Um, I was living that young thug bitch life <laughs> and I got stabbed in my head and I almost died. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was it was like this supernatural experience. I did not consciously say, Hey, I want to change. Hey, this was intense. Let me go the opposite way. None of that happened. I began to attract the way I began to do what I like to call um, impeccable listening. 
I began to listen to my intuition. I began to listen to the voice that was telling me, hey, get on that bus, get off that bus, go right, go left, you know? And mm. it led me into a bookstore called The House of Kemet. And I picked up that book called The Heal Thyself by my spiritual mother um, and mentor, Queen Afua. And I read it in a day. And it just opened my eyes. Oh my God. It just sparked so much within me where I, I realized, wow, you mean to tell me food is healing? Yeah. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that papayas have enzymes that are good for your digestion, great for your skin? You mean to tell me that the, what dandelion root? Are you talking about the same dandelion that's growing <laughs> in the, like what is happening here? I yeah. was just, it was like my mind was completely blown. And the very next day, I became a raw foodist. I did not wait to, you know, a lot of times people like ask me, how do I transition? And I always say, I don't know if I'm the one to ask about that because I'm not a transitioner in that way. I'm an overnight success. I'm an overnight, I am this now. Like I don't wait for, to wean off of the chicken wings. I don't wait to, I, once I get it, I've got it and I'm going for it. Like, and yeah. that's just who I am on the planet. So there's no uh, weaning. There, I mean, I have guided people through like, you know, I mean, it's, I'm an expert in the field now. So I know how to get people off of it. If they don't want to, they're not a cold Turkey uh, kind of person like I am, but um, really uh, yeah, overnight I became a raw foodist and I've never looked back. I have been on this journey for um, 20 plus years and it has, um, it has consistently just blessed my whole existence and everyone around me, you know, so it's the gift that keeps on giving is mm -hmm. what I like to think of it as. Absolutely. So this book kind of changes your mindset on food and, you know, many other things and you start understanding the benefits of it. And so you decide to get an entrepreneurial bug and you say, well, I can take some of these vegetables I'm getting that are left over at work and create a food court. And there's a university nearby. So maybe I could go sell these. Yeah. So yeah, I, I ended up volunteering um, I tried to get hired, but they were like, we don't hire people out. We we're it was a community, the Hebrew Israelite community. And they're like, sorry, hon, we don't hire uh folks. This is just for us, but you can volunteer. And I was like, okay, sweet. I'll volunteer. I um, volunteered in the produce department. And so the fruits and vegetables that just were not pretty enough or whatever. I would take home and I started, you know, and they had a lot of like exotic fruits like cherimoya and, and black sapote and beautiful mangoes and all kinds of stuff. So I began to like get creative and say, okay, well maybe this, maybe I can make ice cream out of this cherimoya. Maybe I can make a juice out of it. I just started to get in the kitchen and play and the food tasted amazing. So and, and as I volunteered, you know, I would go, the, the place that I volunteered, they had a, like a juice bar in the back with food and stuff. So I would get, you know, their raw foods. And I was like, I could do this, you know, I mean, yeah. this is cute, but honey, I mean, no shade, it's cute, but I, I feel like I could come up with something that tastes a little better. So I did, I started to make all these cool recipes and using basically the fruits and vegetables that I got. And I made my mom buy me these like little containers yeah. <laughs> and I got a cart, you know, one of those little carts you um, go grocery shopping with when you want to take it home, you know, those yeah. little, yeah. So I, I got one of those and um, I basically hit the block. I went over to, to, I didn't just do Howard university, but Howard was like my favorite. And I would just go up like, near Howard University is all these businesses. So I would go into the businesses or just meet people on the street and like, hey, you want to buy this strawberry coconut pie? It's raw vegan. And, or do you like, you want to have, you want this juice? Like I basically would just come up with, with whatever I, you know, with recipes using what I got and none of them would really be the same. It was all like art and people yeah. loved it. I was making like $2,000 a week um, at 16 years old, where I was able to like move out on my own. Cause I was living, you know, living in, like I said, the circumstances were a little intense and 
um, that's a whole nother story. I say, I'm going to come out with a Netflix series because my life is definitely, um, it's, let's just say it's been very eventful. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, I, I, you know, it kind of spiraled from there, moved out on my own and just so much happened, but yeah, that's, that's how it started. I started my business at 16 and it has been um, very successful ever since. Now, in this time frame, I, I would say probably the vegan is a little less unknown at that time frame. Would that be fair to say than it is today? Oh, absolutely. There were, you know, there were some people who were up on it, but the majority of the people were like, what the heck are you doing? Like, okay, let's just, if you could just kind of get a visual of this, um, yeah. Washington, D.C., murder capital, like, crack was still very prevalent and here's a little girl wearing basically every color in the rainbow like um I at this time I had dreadlocks and I had this little cart with this food and I'd go up to like the drug dealers on the block because you know again I'm not afraid of it I, this is this is my neighborhood you know so I'm like hey you want to buy this raw pie they're like I have no raw pie you need to cook it like people people would just like I, I got so many really interesting responses, but yeah. once I got people to taste it, yeah. that's when the transformation started to happen. Literally, I I say this humbly, but just like so grateful. Like a lot of the people, like I, the people who were drug dealers or killers or who knows, you know, they were eating my food and they began to shift and a lot of them became vegan. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, to actually taste the food is when the light bulb started to just go off and so many people became vegan and uh, started to wear more cultural clothes and grow dreadlocks. I mean, I I had such a powerful influence even at that age. And yeah. I'm so grateful because that was my goal. I said, you know what? I knew that I was living in a war zone. I knew that I was living in the murder capital. I had 13 friends die in one year when I was 15 years old. I mean, people were getting shot and stabbed and they were all under the age of 18 years old. I mean, I stopped going to funerals because I could not take it. It was very traumatizing. And I said, you know what? Uh, My heart, instead of blaming, I, I used compassion You know, Mm -hmm. I saw what was happening and I saw that we had been bombarded with poison from every angle through the food, through the TV, through the music, through the environment, through just everything. And most of the the adults were sedated or hurt or broken down. And so we had to navigate that. And so I just... I said, well, if no one's going to do anything about it, I'm going to do something about it. And I, my love oh, surpassed my fear of, you know, approaching someone who perhaps might be a killer or a drug dealer or whatever. And, and you know, that's what really, you know, gave me the courage to say, hey, you should try this and really convince them to do it and just watch the transformation. And it really has been um, incredible. That's amazing. So a question that I think about there is, you know, oftentimes when we're in a certain social group and we start changing our lives, we don't always get full support. How was your circle in regards to that when you decided to make these changes for your life, opposed to maybe the road you had been going down prior to this? Oh, people clowned me okay to the ends of the earth yeah. honey they were just like lauren first of all a, a lot of people didn't say it directly to me but they were like is lauren on drugs is she okay like yeah. what's happening you know because i ended up you know giving away all of my uh designer clothes i had you know i was a teenager but i was like wearing fendi and foray and Mm. you know all of these like really nice designer clothes but it it didn't add up when i when i looked into in my environment i looked at my life i said lauren you're literally living in 
like the worst house on the block, but you're dripped and dipped in Fendi. Yeah. (laughs) This does not make sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I said, I'm going to shift. And so I, I gave away all those clothes and I wore, like, I became like a renunciate. I, I just, I wanted to make my own clothes and I did not know how to sew. So I did the best I could. And so that's probably why they thought I was like, uh, drugs or homeless because <laughs> I kind of nuts, but I didn't care at all. I knew that I was doing the right thing. I knew that I was on the right path and I was not waiting for anyone else to catch up to my transformation. I was not waiting for them to understand where I was going. I knew in my heart that I was doing the right thing. And, you know, some of those same people, they, they reach out to me on social media or whatever. And they're like asking me tips or, you know, asking me for guidance and I'm so happy to give it to them. You know, I don't have any resentment at all. I understand that everyone, first of all, what I was doing was very radical at the time. And, um, I just, I was ahead of my time with it. Now veganism is just huge. Yeah, It was like very taboo and very like people thought I was going to starve myself from, from eating raw foods or from fasting or, you know, (laughs) but now it's like intermittent fasting is such a huge thing. And like, um, or fasting in general and eating raw foods and eating vegan. It's just, it's, it's now, um, quite popping. So I'm, yeah, (laughs) I definitely got some, uh, I got some flack for shifting and I lost friends, but I understood that that was something that came with the territory and I was willing to, I was, I was here for it. I was ready. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't even want to hang out with y'all because you guys are still hanging out um, on the block, you know, smoking weed and drinking Remy and all of this crazy shit. And I'm just, I'm, I'm not here for that. I want to drink my green juices and meditate and do Kung Fu. (laughs) Yes. That was like, you know, uh, yeah. And I wanted to, and I thought, honestly, I thought it was so cool. Even though the people in my community thought I was weird. I was so cool because I was hanging out with the college students and they thought I was cool. And the professors were buying my food and the business owners were loving me. And like everyone else, like they were inspired. A lot of the older people were inspired by me and like listened to me and came to me and asked me, oh, what herb should I use for this? Even my teachers in high school, I was on the honor society, but like, basically, I don't know if you're familiar with the movie lean on me, Yeah. my school was basically lean on me. Okay. Yeah. The students were selling crack to the teachers. Some of the teachers, like it was, you know, Mm -hmm. it was really not good. I went to Catholic school before that. And then I decided I wanted to go to public school and ended up there in the Badlands and um, ended up really helping my teachers. And, you know, they'd be like, oh, what, what health food store do you go to or what, you know, um, what's the herb shop that you like? And it, it was really incredible. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. So as you're progressing through and starting your business, you get to go to culinary school. And this is an important opportunity for you to enhance skills, but also to make connections. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, culinary school was so much fun. Oh my God. First of all, I coming straight out of high school, I was so against going to college. I was like, I am not going to this, to college. And like, I just, I saw so many people who went to college who ended up working at CBS. And I was just mm. like, honey, I am not that girl. Okay. <laughs> I like you go to college so that you can get a job and you can make money. Well, I'm making money more. I was making more money than a lot of the adults in my, in, in my neighborhood, in my yeah. environment. So it was like, I'm cool on that. But then, you know, I continued um, on doing what I was doing. So much happened. Oh my God. So much happened. But Um, the short of it was that, um, I ended up becoming connected with, uh, some celebrities and it was really cool. And then I decided, you know what, I want to sharpen my craft. I want to go take it to the next level. And so 
I enrolled in Le Cordon Bleu Culinary School. Um, and I said, you know, if I'm going to go to school, let me just do it in a place that I'm going to like. So I went to LA um, first and I ended up moving there and it was like culinary school was so much fun. Oh my, it was not easy yeah. because I was in culinary school and I was the only student working with Wolfgang Puck on his yes. team um, over at Hollywood Highland, the catering company. Yeah. And so we did all the high volume production for like the, um, the Oscars, American music, all of those different things. And, and um, what's great about that is that of course, of course, Wolfgang gets those contracts. Well, I guess the past uh, two, two or three years, um, my company has gotten the contract for some of these events and yeah. to the point where I love Wolfgang, but they, you know, there's so many different restrictions. Like you have to have specific ounces of food or whatever. And Wolfgang was, the, she was so pissed that, that I was getting the contract that he was trying to figure out how to shut me down. Like, oh no. Was, but I was so flattered. No, I'm so yeah. flattered. I'm like, yeah, you know, this is awesome. <laughs> so how did you know, that connection happen? Right. How did that connection to start working with Wolfgang originally happen? Well, um, basically I'm in culinary school and uh, we have a student portal. And so the student portal gives you um, access to one, to working one-time events, right? And so I saw that there was a one-time event at the Natural History Museum in LA and um, they, needed, they needed people, they needed interns. And yeah. so I went ahead and I worked it because I wanted to get some, you know, experience in the field and see what what it looked like and when I got there I ended up like you know the east coast in me the the Leo east coast Washington DC girl basically just ran the whole thing like I, I just stepped up and I was basically running the whole all the all the students that came and the executive chef was like who 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 are you <laughs> And I was like, oh, hi, I'm Lauren Vanderpool and I'm this. And, and when I think about it, they probably just thought, oh, she is adorable. But I'm adorable in the sense that like, I, you know, I was young, cute, but I was also like really, like I knew my shit. I, yeah. I knew what I was doing and I was really good. And so I didn't even get hired then. I, I ended up going to work another one-time event um, over at NBC and I had just moved to LA. So I didn't realize how spaced out it was. So I caught the train. I know I caught the train to Hollywood Highland thinking that I could walk to Melrose. And I'm like, no, I got off. I got off the train and I'm asking people which way is Melrose. And they're like, oh, it's far. Um, so what was great was I was on, at Hollywood Highland and right upstairs is Wolfgang Puck's um catering company that's the location so I went up there and I went inside and I was like hey I'm lost I'm trying to figure out how to get to the like to this event yeah and the same chefs first of all I had on my chef's jacket my culinary school chef's jacket and like this crochet green crochet hat with a flower on the side so you know guys and you know, the, the culinary industry and just food and beverage can be very macho. And so, um, they were look, looking at my hat, like, oh, like they just thought I was just such like a, a cutesy little, you know, girl. Right. <laughs> and, you know, one of the guys was like, why are you going there? You should, you should stay with us. And then, um, one of the other executive chefs was like, oh, she can't cut, like, come on, you know, look at this oh. hat. You know what I mean? And I said, you pull out any ingredient you want and I will, I will create a six course tasting for you right now. I was like, I guarantee you, I can cook each and every one of you under a table. And they were like, who the fuck, who is this girl? <laughs> right. By the fourth course, I was hired. I never I went to the it. event. <laughs> I never went to the event. I just, I, you know, I did that and yeah, they hired me. And within a week I was catering the Oscars. Yes. 
Yeah. So, and what's deep about that is that before I came to culinary school, I set the intention and I said, I want to cater to the Oscars. I want to cater to the Grammy. I didn't know who got the contract. I had no idea. So I'm a firm believer in setting your intention and really believing it and just like letting it ripple into the universe and, and, and boomerang back to you. And that's what happened. It just literally, I basically uh, manifested that and yeah. within within the, a month of me being in LA for culinary school. So That's yeah, awesome. incredible stuff. Yeah. Yes. So as you're working with Wolfgang, like you mentioned, you get to do a lot of neat events um, and then you get your, your first kind of post um, culinary school client with uh, Malcolm Jamal Warner, but you don't get yes. paid. No. <laughs> so, so talk so a little bit about excited. that. Yeah. So I was so excited to work with him. I was just like, oh my God, this is incredible. Like, um, but so, okay. So that was incredible. I didn't get paid to the, but it was, it was like, I was working with Malcolm Jamal Warner and yeah. I loved it. And what's even, uh, you know, more cool is that I think it was like, not last year, not during, not when COVID hit, but like the year before that, I was at an Oscar party and he came up to me. He was like, oh my God, you're that girl. You're, you, you made food for me. You And I was yeah. like, you remember me? I literally almost <laughs> cried. Like, I was like, you remember me? Cause I wasn't, I just like, didn't even go and say anything to him. Cause I just didn't want to be like, you know, all extra and like, yeah. oh, did you remember I like made food for you that one time? And like, I was just not gonna do that. And he were, he came up to me and was like, I remember that and thank you. And like gave me his phone number and said, stay connected. He would love for me to, you know, uh, connect with him and his wife. And he had a bit, you know, like all of this stuff. And I was just like, look at that, you yeah. know? So, so, so deep. Um, but actually my first client uh, as a personal chef is my, was my godfather and he had uh, colon cancer and literally um, they were going to cut out the majority of his, of his intestines. Well, within like six months, he had no more cancer in his body wow. from working with me. And that is one of the hardest things to, you know, it, it was just, I didn't even know what, I, like, yeah. I honestly, I just give it to God because I, you know, God has blessed me with this gift of healing. And I always tell people, I'm not the healer. I'm the facilitator of the healing process. Yes. Ultimately you're the healer. And so, um, but yeah, that was, that was my first, first client, but yeah, Malcolm Jamal Warner, uh, De La Soul. I remember working with them, um, uh, uh, slum village, um, you know, and it just kind of spiraled into like Common and Erica Badu and Serena and Venus Williams and all these really cool people. Um, but yeah, it started off and it was it was not paid. So I always could tell people who are who are starting off, who are who are wanting to be a chef or wanting to do anything, let your passion drive you. Don't worry about the money because the money will come. The experiences are rich. The experiences translate into money you don't have money is not money is just paper right the, the the physical money is just paper but if you want abundance and wealth and prosperity that that comes in so many different forms yes. you know what I mean it does yeah. not mean that it's going to translate into money and also sometimes you can skip over the money and just get the experience that, that, that you would have had to pay for so right. it's like be open to those to to all of the possibilities of bringing what you're wanting to manifest in your life. Don't try to to always tailor it and control it because then it's saying to the universe that you don't have faith that it'll come back the way it's supposed to. Mm. You know, you have to yeah. allow some freedom and some movement in order for things to really show up for you. Otherwise, you're going to be stifling it and it won't ever show up. Because you're yeah. doubtful. That energy of doubt is kind of the underlying um, presence there instead of faith and excitement and, you know, all of those different things. But, you know, and you got to put some skin in the game. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they weren't paying me, but I was like, I don't care. I want to do this and I'm going to do an excellent job. <laughs> right. Well, so I want to highlight that, though, because I think too often people would say, gosh, I would do anything to be where Lauren's at today. 
right? I mean, and we're, we're, mm-hmm. we've still got plenty of cool things that you're doing that you've been able to do uh, that we'll get a highlight yet. But not everyone is willing to say, but I would work for free or I would do this. And those are the things that got you the opportunities um, to get to where you're at today. So what would be some encouragement to folks that are, you know, maybe either to your point, starting a business or early on in a career or, or switching careers and just being willing to, you know, maybe do things that doesn't matter if there's money tied to it. It's either going to be a good experience or at least something you can learn from. Yeah, I think the main thing is once you set your intention for what you're wanting to manifest for yourself, I always say create an affirmation that is in alignment with it. Begin to visualize allow your visualization to also be in alignment with it, right? And then kind of just let it work. So you'll start seeing in your day, those things showing up for you. That means that you're on the right path. So keep going, keep staying consistent with your visualization, with your meditation, with, with your um, laser beam focus on your intention. Okay. But without being like, without babysitting it every second where you you're worried, like if it's going to manifest, it's a fine line with focus and like, fear don't yes. don't allow fear to enter in or doubt to enter in stay in the gratitude stay in the flow and 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 the the optimism just like the wonder you know look at it with childlike eyes just you know kind of be excited about it but don't um don't stifle it don't smother it because then it's like you're going to push it away you yeah. know I, I I would just say allow, allow it to come to you, but also in your day, like once you set your intention, if you opportunities will show up and and you'll get the signs. And so keep moving forward with that optimism. And if an opportunity comes, know that, ah, okay, I got to take this opportunity because this is, this is the universe saying to me, yes, to, to my dreams. You, yeah. Things move in steps, stages, and degrees. You got to move like that. You got to know that it, that you're attracting the way. You have to take each step. And there's no skipping steps here, you know? And yeah. so, yeah, I would just say, stay optimistic, stay in the flow and in the fun, you know, have fun, allow this to be a fun, exciting experience. Don't always worry about the destination. The destination is the destination. When you get there, it's like, okay, I'm here, but the journey is where all the magic happens. Oh yeah. That's good. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So once again, there's a multitude of steps, I guess, to this point, but you, you kind of hinted at it earlier. So I want to circle back around it. So you're getting yeah. the opportunity to uh, work the catering for a movie called Love and an actor there is named Common. And that mm-hmm. forms a, uh, a relationship there for you guys to or for you to be cooking for him. So talk a little bit about how that came to be and, you know, the growth from there. Oh, my God. So that was wild. Okay. Um, so I work with a gentleman who is also my mentor, was my mentor, um, uh, Dr. Sabi, God rest his soul, right? Dr. Sabi um, was my mentor, but I was his chef. So I traveled and lived with him and his family for quite some time. And um, I told them that I had the opportunity to make food for a common once um, at the Meriwether Post Pavilion. It was a concert, him, Eric Badu, all these different people. And um, I provided food for all of the talent and he was one of them, but I knew he didn't eat my food. You know, like I gave it to him and I could just see on his face that he was not going to eat it. And I was just <laughs> yeah. devastated, right? I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I didn't nail it. So anyway, fast forward. Um, I get a call from Sabi and his daughter. Uh, Doctor Sabi says, "Hey, you know, Common, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have my daughter Zave reach out to you because Common wants to connect with you. He's filming a movie in in DC and he's looking for a chef." Okay, so I ended up um, getting the gig, but I thought that I thought that Zave, which is his daughter, we're the same age. I thought she was playing a joke on me because she knew how much I wanted to work with him. And I was just like, she's fucking with me, right? (laughs) Anyway, and it ended up being real. And um, the way they had it set up is they just wanted me to bring like food in these containers, like in like 
containers up to the set. And I was just like, I hate this. This is not, I'm an artist. Like, no, but I did it because I was like, all right, fine. Like, you know, so I right. was never able to meet him. It was, I was just interfacing with his assistant at the time, Kristen, mm-hmm. who's now a dear friend of mine. But at the time she was blocking in the whole situation. Yeah. Okay. She was like, uh-uh, you can drop it off at my hotel room. I was like, I want to meet him so I can tell him, <laughs> please let me like do it fresh for you. Yeah. Well, one day she needed a ride to set. And I was like, okay, perfect. <laughs> and yeah. so I gave her a ride to set. Now here's another really important um, point that I want to make for those people who are entrepreneurs and who are really believing in themselves and really wanting to manifest. You have to be prepared. Mm. In my trunk, I had an entire catering setup in my trunk because I don't know what's going to happen. Yes. I was prepared to, to, to turn it out one way or the other. And so I met him and I said, you listen, like, and it was quick because he was in between scenes and, uh, you know, I just went up to him. I said, Hey, you know, I just want to say, Hey, I'm the one who's been making your food. And I really, really, if you could please give me the opportunity to make it fresh because I really don't like it in those containers. Can I please? And he said, yes. I said, can I do it today? And he was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up, um, going back to his trailer, which was a smaller trailer at the time. And uh, I had the most gorgeous setup. And I just set his whole trailer up beautifully with all these this these hors d'oeuvres. And I mean, I don't know if you've seen my art, so I make it, yeah. I made it gorgeous. And so when he came back in, he was like so surprised and he was tearing the food up. And I was just <laughs> in the corner, just all quiet, like, yes, you know, so excited. And then he said, to the point where he had the directors and like all the producers come into his trailer to try the food. Well, the next day when I was coming to bring him his food, he said, he, first of all, he got, he had the, he had them get him a bigger trailer with a kitchen in it. And he said, uh, yeah. can you do it? Like how you said it, how you said you wanted to do it. And I was like, absolutely. Oh my God. So from then on, I ended up, being his chef and um, traveling with him and just working with him consistently. Um, And that led to even more, which I don't know if you're going to ask questions about it. So I don't want to jump the gun, but yeah, it, it, I've been working with him since that it was, that was 2009 and, you know, he's still my client and, you know, he's my family. That's the beautiful thing that every client that I have is my, it's like my family. We love each other. We look out for each other. It is more than just a uh, client relationship. Yes. So the the question I want to ask is you had uh, made the comment earlier for you after you had read the book, you decide, hey, I'm just going to jump all in. But Common, once again, first time you meet him, doesn't even eat the food you had given him. But eventually, you know, circles back around. So do you run into that much or did you run into that much in your early years of, hey, I'm potentially going to be teaching these people an entirely new way of eating compared to what they're used to? Absolutely. So, okay. Well then that, that leads me into Serena Williams. Yes. Which is a connection from common. Yes. Yes, exactly. So, um, this was, um, you know, this is when he was dating Serena and she had just suffered from an injury. She was ranked 165 in the world and her sister, um, my love Venus, she was, um, suffering from an autoimmune disease called Sjogren's. Anyway, um, Common says, Hey, you know, I really want you to maybe help Serena. Can you go to her house and drop food off? And I was like, Oh my, he was like, I'll get you the, you know, I think it was a taxi at the time or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, Oh my God. Okay. So I get over there. The interview was wild. I mean, she's hilarious. Like she <laughs> did everything to make me uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, I ended up interviewing with her. She loved me and she said, hey, I'm going to fly you to Miami to see if Venus likes you. And if so, then, you know, we, we would love for you to come on board with us. Yeah. Anyway, I go to Florida 
meet with Venus, who was a darling. Literally, I showed up. They had partied the night before. Somebody was sleeping in the room that I was like, like literally, she made the bed with me. She's so darling and so sweet and ended up, she loved me and I never went home. Like I had to have somebody pack up my stuff. I ended up moving <laughs> in with them. Yeah. Like within three days, I was in Italy with them and then Colombia and then just basically the whole tour. So I ended up just living with them from there and to the point where Common was like, hold on, wait, well, <laughs> can we, we got to figure out how we're going to share because I thought and I wanted her to help you, but <laughs> I still need help too. But anyway, right. he was so sweet. He said, okay, we know you need it more than me. So he basically gave me to her. <laughs> and, um, but the first month of me working with uh, them, Venus was on it. Venus was drinking everything and doing everything. But I caught Serena pouring the green juices oh, into no. the plant. And, but acting, but lot, but like saying, oh, it was delicious. Oh, yeah. great. And, but really wasn't drinking any of it, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, then I had to have a stern conversation with her and then she started to drink it. But yeah, I mean, and eat the food and everything. But initially it can be difficult for some folks. Um, but when you are really committed to your greatness and understand what I'm doing and how important I am to, to your you know, your overall goal, um, you begin to take it more seriously. Also, I'm not, you know, cheap. So, yeah. <laughs> so there's that too. Yes. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And yeah, I mean, what a cool experience to see. I mean, you know, two of the most phenomenal tennis players to ever play the, the game, uh, you know, be their yeah. front and center and helping them accomplish those accolades. So that's phenomenal. It was pretty amazing. And I love them. Literally, they're still my friends. Like, yeah. um, I see them all the time. I went to, you know, the wedding and like, just, you know, we, we love each other. And, and that's my favorite part about working with people because it's beyond being a client, like people who connect with me, it's deeper than business, yes. you know? Right. And I believe that it's like appointed divinely um, appointed. It's like a divine appointment, like, a, a you know, yeah. and um, I've never looked for a client, not once. Every single one of them have come to me mm. uh, or have been connected through word of mouth. So um, it's been, it's been beautiful in that way. That's amazing. Well. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, okay. not only do you help people in kind of one-on-one, -on -one, but there's been two specific things that I'm going to point out that uh, have been really bigger initiatives. And so Michelle Obama reaches out and says, yes. Lauren, help me out. That's got to be a pretty cool thing. So talk a little bit about that experience as well. Oh my God. Oh <laughs> my God. Oh my God. So I'm going to not even, I'm going to give you the short of the experience because so much. We'll have to do a second recording with the long version and then we'll oh do a short one today. Oh my God. So I get an email from the administration saying, hey, we want to invite you to speak at the White House for the Green Energy Economy Forum for Young Leaders. Yeah. And I was just like, how do they, how do, how do they know me? <laughs> what is happening here? Yeah. And of course, I had a, a boyfriend at the time who was like, oh my God, that's so cool. Can I come? So of course, being green, I'm like, I emailed them back and was like, can I, <laughs> can I get a plus one? <laughs> They were like, sorry, honey, your invitation is non-transferable. I thought that was hilarious. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. So anyway, I ended up going, I crushed it. It was amazing. They loved me. Everyone was so impressed. And so they asked me to be, they reached out and was like, we really love you. We love what you're doing. We'd love for you to be a part of the Let's Move um, yeah. campaign, the movement and everything. And so I ended up working with Michelle Obama and her obesity prevention campaign and like doing traveling. And I also, during this time, well, actually it was, was it, before, it, must, it was before that I, I got the healthy school lunch act passed with, you know, by lobbying on Capitol Hill with, um, um, Elizabeth Kucinich and uh, Dr. Neil Bernard and, uh, and John Sally and quite a, uh, 
uh, quite a few others. And so we were doing a lot of work on the ground, but to be recognized by Michelle Obama and asked to be a part of her team to help raise awareness and, and really like just be on the grassroots level of it, like with the children, it was yeah. just, it was a dream come true for me, honestly. Yeah, well, I was gonna say, I mean, it's it's gotta be such a cool experience from feeling like, hey, I was, I was raised in probably the worst possible, uh, you know, food environment. Now I'm getting to impact, you know, others that are either in as bad or, you know, not as bad, but going to get things that's taken me, you know, 20 years to learn and, and be able to impart that on them at an early age. Yeah. And so what they, the reason why they were impressed and the reason why they reached out to me was because I already had a nonprofit organization and, um, you know, I was fairly young. I was like, I was like 25 or something. Um, and, I had been doing a lot of work. I had yeah, been yeah. like doing outreach, not just in DC, Maryland, Virginia, but Chicago, New York, Miami, um, Nigeria, Kenya, South Africa, Ethiopia. Like I had been doing a lot of work and um, impact, you know, I had a pretty big impact. Yeah. And so I, and I didn't do it for recognition. I didn't, I really, it was just not on my radar that they would even notice me. Um, and that's another, that's another tip for you all who are just wanting to be successful. When you keep your head in the game and when you, you stay focused on your goals, everything will be added unto you. You don't have to worry about if someone's recognizing you do it for the doing's sake and everything else is added. Don't, don't be worried about if someone recognizes you or if, you know, and don't compare your, what you get with anyone else. Yep. Don't say, yep. well, I want Michelle Obama to recognize me. Like, don't worry about that because the people who, um, I always say your, your vibe attracts your tribe. So the people yeah. who are, who you're in vibrational alignment with, who you're a vibrational match with will come to you. You don't have to worry about anything. Just do the work and, and have fun doing it and stay committed and keep your heart pure. And everything is going to line up, you that's know, cause awesome. that's what happened. I was not thinking about whether someone was going to recognize me for the work. I knew that the work needed to be done. And I was committed to the work when I was 16, selling those pies out on Georgia Avenue. I was committed to the work, going into the trenches, going into places and talking to people that the average person would not be willing to talk to. I did that. And so by doing that, you're sending you're, you, that ripples into to everything and to yeah. all of the universe and it will boomerang back to you. And so that is really the magic of it all is that when you stay committed and stay consistent, it'll unfold. And sometimes it doesn't take, um, it doesn't happen overnight. This is 20 plus years and I'm still growing and still evolving. So when that happened to me, I was what already like over a decade in, yeah. you know, so yeah. it doesn't always happen like overnight. Don't, and don't think it does. Don't think it will. Sometimes it will, but sometimes it won't. And it's right. like, if, but if you're excited about what you're doing, if you're in love with, with what you're doing and you're really enjoying the journey, all of the things are going to happen for you. That's awesome. I love that. Everyone, you need to rewind about 60 to 90 seconds, take notes, and then record that and listen to it daily. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Now, additionally, another movement and to help more and more people, uh, you've been in the book writing scene. And one that I want to highlight is Eat Yourself Sexy. So one, that's definitely a title that's going to attract attention. So right. That's a great job. Good, good marketing. Thank there. You. But to talk <laughs> about that and just, you know, kind of the response you've gotten from, from that book that you've written. Absolutely. So when I wrote my first book, I, I it took me like, once I got, once I got into the second year of like, not having the book done, <laughs> it was like, <gasps> oh my God, I want to get this done. And then I had um, someone say to me, you're never going to finish this book, right? <laughs> Wrong words. And, that's the motivation I needed, right? And that's exactly what I needed. Within yeah. a month, my book was done. And I said, you know what? I, I, I wanted it to be perfect. I yeah. was trying to make it too perfect. And I said, Lauren, the reality 
is you need to look at things from the bird's eye view. And in any great person, their first thing is always embarrassing. When they look back at it, it's like it's a, they're embarrassed of it. But so what? Just get it out there. Do it. And so I said, I'm going to release my books like I'm releasing mixtapes. They're going to just it's going to be okay. This is just my first of many, like just roll with it. So I just, I released it and it got, I never did a book tour. I never really did any promotional things or marketing around it. I just like put it out and just was like, you know, it's out. (laughs) I did it. That was my main thing. I was like, I did it. It's out. It's on Amazon. It's on, you know, Barnes and Nobles. It's whatever it's out. And so it has grown. It has impacted so many people. And now I have the Eat Yourself Sexy Journey, which is a 21-day um, transformational experience that is um, that I bring on different speakers who teach meditation. Um, I teach the living from vision, like how to manifest your life. We do yoga. We do all kinds of movement. We even have a class on the breathable orgasm. We have, yeah. we do all kinds of stuff. We have an astrological forecast every week. We just, it's, uh, it's healing in a holistic way. I have yeah. different chefs that come on and teach how to make raw foods. Again, it's three weeks. So the first week we do 80% raw, 20% cook. The second week it's hundred percent raw. The last week it's all liquids. Um, just in a nutshell, that's, that's the kind of what the journey is. Um, mm. It's so much more, you know, I can go so much more in depth, but that's kind of the premise of it. And it has healed and transformed sure, transform so many people the testimonies that I get are just people have started businesses people have just become more of who they are and that's what I teach I say you know when you heal yourself when you remove the doubt the fear the shame the guilt all of those different things then you can emerge fully as yourself and when you emerge as yourself everything that you are supposed to do begins to happen you're not blocked by that um, energetic gook you're not blocked everything begins to flow so if you were already going to be a a millionaire or a billionaire if you're already going to be a successful business person if you're already going to be you're going to be that now because you've cleared the path the path is open the way is cleared and you can now walk through boom mic drop (laughs) end of story i love it i absolutely love it Yes. Yes. Well, Lauren, it has been an absolute pleasure to get to hang out with you today. Thank Um, you so much for having me. This was awesome. And you do it. I just want to say to you, first of all, congratulations. You, you're doing amazing and you really did a great job with this interview. I know you, you, you do this, but I'm just, I, I get interviewed all the time and I just love the, the, the questions that you asked. I loved your personality, your energy, your vibe. And these conversations are so important. Thank you so much for having me and you continue to shine and grow and evolve. And I, I really pray that everything that you, your heart wishes for you, you see and you manifest for yourself. Well, thank you, Lauren. I appreciate that. And that's high praise because I know you do do a lot of interviews. So thank you so much. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you. I love all the pivotal moments for Lauren. I love her willingness to say, hey, I will give Common's director a ride so that way I can meet Common. Uh, I love her willingness to follow Common's advice to get connected with Venus and Serena and then all obviously her opportunity with the White House. So thanks so much for tuning in and have a great rest of your day.